With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you know what time it is? It's supernatural story time. And if you're easily scared, and even if you're not, there's only one thing left to do. Just turn off the lights. Because these are stories that you listen to. Only in the dark. One Nighttime Falls, Volume 3, Story 1. Behind my street is a street called Whiskey Row. It has been known to be haunted because in the 1930s, old saloons and prostitutes were there. Many people on my street have told me stories of things that happened in their houses because our street is so close to Whiskey Row. My aunt who lives right across the street from us, told me a story of a time when she was the only one home and she went to her bedroom for just a second. When she came out, all the drawers and cabinets were open. We all laughed because none of us believed her. Later on that night, I had been a little shaken up from the story we had heard earlier, so I slept with my mom. In the middle of the night, I woke up to a sound. I looked to the side of me and I saw a woman who looked very young, about 18, and she was wearing a very short dress. As I looked closer, I saw that she was looking through my mother's drawer. It looked as if she was looking for something because she was moving the clothes around. She turned around and gave me a cold look. All of a sudden, I got an ice-cold chill in my spine. I looked into her face and saw that her makeup was running and black mascara was all around her eyes. She had a handprint that was very clear on her right cheek. As she whipped around quickly, I could hear her long fingernails scraping the bottom of the drawer as she still searched for something that was missing. I fell asleep that night listening to that horrible sound. Me and my mother got up early the next morning and I told her what had happened during the night when I heard something like the sound of many people whispering all at once. But before I could think of anything... My four-year-old brother started crying and calling my mother, yelling, Mom, they're talking to me, over and over again. When we finally got into the room, his whole bed was shaking. That and numerous other things have happened, and I'm hoping that we're going to move out of here soon. Story number two. I'm not crazy, and I don't see stuff like this all the time, nor do I hear voices. I come from a small county full of small towns, and most of the other surrounding counties are the same. Around here, there's not much to do besides go out in the boondocks, which is the same as middle of nowhere, the woods, and shoot guns, drink beer, fish, or have a small party. 
When I was in school, there was a few spots we would go to hang out at. The one I'm referring to here is called the Lost City. The reason it's called that is because it's what's left of an oil refinery that exploded over 20 years ago, and the area kind of looks like a city. It was left alone and never torn down, and the woods grew up around it. We love to hang out there because that's where lots of places to climb up on, tons of concrete to tag, and it was big enough that if you wanted to get some privacy, you could. We had a lot of parties out there. Well, three of us broke the habit of going out there by the events of one night. Myself and two friends, Greg and Justin, went out there to hang out and see if anyone else showed up. We were sitting in the car talking when Justin told us to hush. He said he heard someone talking in the woods. So Greg and I shut up and listened, but didn't hear anything. We started talking again, and we were trying to decide what to do, where to go next, when we all started to hear the voices. It was not exactly talking, more like mumbling and hissing sounds. We were sort of spooked, but I thought it was just someone messing with us. Greg and Justin agreed. We got out of the car and started walking around, acting like we were tough guys. We yelled and cursed and said it would take more than that to scare us and that we knew they were out there. The voices did not stop, though, and we did not stop either. We were walking slowly towards the woods with my tire iron and some sticks when Greg saw something move. He stopped and said, Shh. He pointed to where he saw the movement and we watched the tree line for more. We could hear the sound and still thought it was friends of ours. While we were watching, we started to see shadows moving around in the tree line. Justin told me to go and turn the light on in the car so we could see them. So I walked back to the car and hid the headlights. When I did, we saw nothing and the sound stopped. That event scared us, but we were still saying that it was somebody, not something. We decided that it might not be someone we knew and that maybe we should go. So we got in the car and as I started to turn around, the sound started back up again. The noises were not any louder than the first time, but we could see people moving all around in the woods and then in the grass. At this point, we were scared to death and I was doing my best to get the car turned around. The lights hit one of the figures and as it did, the figure was gone. It was like they were there, but not there. I hit the brakes thinking I was going to run over someone, but there was no one in front of the car. Now we could see large black forms moving along the tree line and moving out into the opening towards us. They were like shadows, some big and some small. Some looked like people and others more like animals or shapes. I could not move. I was so scared. I just sat there looking at the shadows as they moved around. I finally snapped out of it and we got the hell out of there and have not been back since. I don't think any of us ever wanted to go back. We told a few people and I've been told similar stories of what people around here call the shadow people. Story number three. At the time of my encounter, I had recently landed a new job, which paid a lot more than what I was used to. So I moved into a house by myself closer to the CBD. The house was a nice little Queenslander in an area with steep streets and a great view of the city itself. I loved it. It took me all day to get all my stuff in there with the help of a few of my mates who hung around into the night to help me settle in. It wasn't until after they left at around 11.30 p.m. 
that strange things began to happen. Alone, for only about five minutes, I was in the kitchen cleaning up when suddenly I felt strange, for no reason at all. It was a feeling I can't accurately describe, sort of like the feeling I get just after having deja vu or when something during the day reminds me of a dream I had the night before. It wasn't a bad feeling, just strange, like I'd been in this place before, which I most certainly hadn't. Unable to shake this feeling, I decided I must have been tired, so after hunting for my toothbrush and paste, which was still packed, I went to bed. Lying there in the darkness, trying to ignore how I was feeling, I opened my eyes, which were facing the door of my bedroom. I saw figures standing in the doorway, seemingly looking at me. I was frozen with fright, and a little in disbelief. The figure, which was featureless, just a shadow in the dark, was only there for a few seconds, then it turned and walked. I could hear it walking back out into the lounge room. I laid still, straining my ears to see if I could hear sounds coming from out there, but I heard nothing. Annoyed at how frightened I was, I decided that I should go out there and investigate. I'm not usually easily frightened as I'm a reasonably sized man and can handle myself pretty well if need be. Firstly, turning the bedroom light on, I walked quietly around the house, turning the other lights on as I went. I checked to see that the doors, front and back, were still shut and the windows still closed as well, so nobody could have got in. Not wanting to go back to bed yet, I turned the telly on and watched it for a while. I soon thought that I was just imagining seeing the thing in the doorway and convinced myself that it definitely couldn't have been a prowler or something like that, and it couldn't have been a ghost either because they don't really exist. Back in bed, with the light off again, I rolled over to face the wall this time, just as I began to doze off, I started to get that strange feeling again. Then my bedroom door slammed shut by itself. Scared senseless, I jumped out of bed and tugged the door open. There he was again, this time face to face and up close. The figure was right in front of me. I could have reached out and touched him. I could see his face, but it was still too dark to make out his eyes. I stood there, one hand still on the doorknob. Before I could do or say anything, the thing opened its mouth and a gargle, soft hissing sound came out. I slammed the door shut in his face, grabbed my keys, then jumped straight out the bedroom window, ran up the side of the house into the street light where my car was. I got in as fast as I could and took off. When I got to my mate's place where I used to live, I beat in the door until he came and opened it. What the hell happened to you, he said. I realized for the first time that I wasn't wearing anything except for the undies I was sleeping in. When I told him what had happened, he thought I was crazy and wanted to go back to the house, but there was no way I was going back there that night. The next day, I canceled my lease, which was supposed to be for six months, so I lost $1,300 worth of bond and rent. But I just couldn't bear the thought of another night in that house. The real estate agency said that it had happened before with that house in the past, but the previous tenants hadn't had any problems. Looking back on the event now, over a year later, it doesn't seem quite real. And I can't explain it to anyone without them thinking I'm crazy or something. But I know something definitely happened to make me react like that. I just don't know what. Next story. I've had many experiences in my life which I can't explain. Some were surprising and 
somewhere as a result of an act like visiting the vampire's grave in West Greenwich, Rhode Island. This event just happened to be one of the most recent. Let me explain. I live in an apartment complex called Osprey Links off Town Center Boulevard and John Young Parkway. I'm not going to say what the number of the building or the apartment is, but I've experienced some very strange happenings there. Everywhere from sounds coming from part of the apartment I wasn't in at the time, to cold spots, to lights being on that I swore I turned off only to find them on again. I lived alone and I figured these to be figments of my imagination until one day when my friend verified a strange occurrence. We were hanging out when we decided it was time to go out for some food. Now this apartment has French doors leading from the bedroom and dining room to a balcony. This is significant as when we returned to drawers, we remember closing and the light, which I asked her to turn off, were now open and on. We were in one of those funny states of shock, the oh my god, that's too weird states. We didn't really get scared as these buildings were practically brand new and nothing funky could have possibly happened in such a short time of existence. That was not the only unexplained experience. The worst one happened a few months later. It was late one night. I was watching TV. Nothing unusual there. My TV was in the bedroom and it was the only source of light while it was on. When I was ready for bed, I turned it off and the light from the TV was replaced by the glow from the street lights outside. This always gave the bedroom a creepy look. Shadows weren't a concern to me as I could always identify where they were coming from. This time was different. The shadow I saw was in the form of a man. And this isn't exactly the first time I saw it either. I saw this exact same form when I was 16 or 17 in the house we lived in at Coventry, Rhode Island. This time it was different. I was older, more skeptical, and didn't think that anything scary could faze me. This black shadow or form was definitely a human form. I assume a man because of the way it moved. After seeing it initially in the closet... It seemed to watch me for a minute or two and then move from the closet across the bedroom and into the dining room where I could no longer see it. It was at that precise moment when I could no longer see it that the streetlight which allowed me to see it went out. During this experience, I was pretty much frozen. I tried to move and say something. When it moved, I tried to scream, but I wasn't able to do even that. I eventually decided to just pass it off as an illusion and fell asleep. The next night, when the street lights came on, the one light was still out. I researched the site of where I lived at, and this is what I found. The exact location is actually around the area of John Young Parkway and Town Center Boulevard, area of what used to be Indian lands and burial grounds. The construction work was halted upon the discovery of human remains and artifacts. There have been numerous sightings by the locals of apparitions and in many of the houses that were built before the construction was stopped have had disturbances experienced in them. Could it be that something is following me? Could it be that my mother's ability to see things was passed on to me? Could it be that I'm just imagining all this? I just don't know, but I don't think it was my imagination. Next story. My family and I moved to Hazelhurst, Georgia, when my mother got a teaching job down there. We spent weeks trying to find a house, and we finally found one that seemed perfect. That was before we moved in and got settled. 
I was 15 and my parents decided that I could have the back bedroom. On the second day of living there, I noticed that the room stayed freezing cold. Since it was the middle of August, I figured that the air conditioning unit in the house was really good and I didn't think a thing about it. It wasn't too long before I had to sleep with a heavy comforter on my bed and that was with the air off. About a month after we moved in, I began to hear tappings. It wasn't random, but it had a distinct pattern. The tapping was three solid hits like thump, thump, thump. Then there would be a slight pause and it would happen again. When the sounds first started, I attributed it to the plumbing, but then I began to pay attention to it. I realized after a couple of nights, the sounds only happened at night, that the tappings came from one of two places, either from outside my window or from inside my closet. It kind of freaked me out, but I soon learned to live with it, just as I had learned to live with the cold, except only I experienced the cold. If anyone else came into my room, the cold would live, but when they left, it would come back. Things were pretty much the same routine for another month and a half. Then one day I stayed home from school because I had a bad sinus infection. I was sitting at the computer playing a game and the entire house was quiet. All the televisions were off, as were the radios. As I sat there staring at the screen, I heard two voices coming from my room. I couldn't make out the words, but I could tell that it was a man and a woman, and it sounded like they were arguing. The first thing that went through my mind was that I'd left my TV on and that there was a soap opera on the channel. So I got up and walked back to my room and opened my door. Not only was my TV off, but the cable was laying in the middle of the floor from where I had disconnected the VCR. I slammed my door and went back to the computer. I turned on some music so I didn't have to worry about hearing the voices. Not too many days after that, I was half asleep one night when I heard something that woke me up. The tapping had been going on, but as I said, I got used to them. I opened my eyes. I lay perfectly still. I heard three taps at the foot of my bed. I have a day bed and has iron bars and the taps were on them. Now, I'm Catholic and I keep a rosary on each post at the four corners of my bed. I thought that maybe I had moved and the movement had caused one of the rosaries to tap. I shifted on the bed, but the rosaries didn't make any noise. About that time, the three taps sounded from the foot of my bed once more. I turned on my lamp, and for a month I refused to sleep unless a light was on. After that incident, nothing much happened. My room still remained freezing cold, and the taps moved back to their original spots. About two months before my family decided to move back to Macon, Georgia, the freakiest thing happened. It was the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday, and I was going to my room to get something. I got to my door and froze. Right outside my door was a cold spot. I opened my door and stepped into my room. For once, my room was warm. I got what I needed and left. Maybe three hours later, I was going to watch TV. As I walked down the hall, I passed through the cold spot, which had moved to a little over halfway up the hall. I stopped for a second, then continued. Later, when it was time for supper, I went back up the hallway, only now the cold spot was in front of my mom's room. I ate dinner and went to bed. Around midnight, my mom came barging into my room, asking if I heard anything. 
I told her no. She asked me if I knew where her gun was, and I told her no. She closed my door, and I went back to sleep. I knew what was going on. The next morning, the battery in the car was dead. My mom called my grandparents to see if we could borrow my granddaddy's truck. As we stood in the kitchen, waiting for them to get to the house, I leaned back against the counter and asked my mom what had happened the night before. She told me that she had heard a noise. I asked her what she'd heard. Had it been three taps from outside her window? She stopped what she was doing and stared at me. She asked me how I'd known that, and I told her that I had been living with it for a long time. It wasn't too long after that that I had to say goodbye to whatever it was. I was sitting at the computer emailing one of my friends about what had been going on in the house, when from the wall besides my head came a very loud knock. I thought the wall was going to break. After that, the tapping stopped for both my mom and me, and my room stayed warm all the time. Next story. When I was born, my mother, father, brother, and I used to live in an apartment-type flat. Next door to us was an elderly woman named Mary, who was really close to my mother and brother, but seemed to avoid myself and my dad. When I was three, we moved to a bigger house a few roads away, and my mother always went to visit her without fail. However, in August, Mary had a heart attack and died later on in the hospital the day my mother went on holiday. My mom didn't know anything until she came home in September, but she was too tired to attend Mary's funeral. That night, however, while watching a film, my family and I heard the sound of a key being pushed into the lock and being turned. We got kind of freaked out because we were all at home and nobody had keys except my mom and dad. So curiously, we all crept onto the landing to see who was coming up the stairs, What totally creeped us out was the figure was not coming up the stairs, which they should have been because the door is at the bottom, but this figure was going down, her feet not touching the floor. The woman was going down the stairs backwards and was wearing a long floaty wedding dress, the veil covering her entire face. At this point, my mother and brother went hysterical because the figure had turned to face them. When my dad switched the light on, the figure disappeared. But in a recent conversation, my mother found out that Mary was cremated in her wedding dress. Next story. I'm 33 years old, and I live in the Ocean Parkway section of Brooklyn in New York City. When I was 15 years old, I was living in a house not far away from where I live now. My friend Rob asked me to come visit him after school one day. It had been raining the whole day, so I decided to wait until the rain stopped before I went to his house. The rain stopped around 5 p.m., and I thought it was kind of late, so I called him and told him I decided not to go. For some reason, he was insistent, because he bought some $1,000 bike and wanted me to see it. I got there around 8.30 p.m. because I had to eat dinner and do my homework. As I was walking towards the stoop, I stopped hearing the cars passing by and all the city confusion. Everything was quiet. Very unusual for Brooklyn, a place where two million people live. But I figured that it was nothing. As I got closer to the house, there was an odd wind that flew by me, but I didn't hear its wake. I just felt a chilling, cold sensation. Then suddenly I saw a man who looked gray and gloomy, smoking a guinea stinker, a Brooklyn word 
for an old Italian man cigar without any smoke. I thought maybe it was one of Rob's father's friend, but I knew that was wrong when I was about to get on the stoop. The old man got up, opened the front door with a stinker still in his mouth, and he disappeared. Even though the door was open, he still kind of passed through it. I went into the house and asked Rob who the man was, but Rob looked at me like I was a moron and told me to stop messing around. But his mother, who was always on edge about something, had a smile on her face. She pulled me aside when Rob went to the bathroom and said that the figure was evil and his vision had been tormenting her since she bought the house 17 years before. Maybe he lived in the house previously and died there? I don't know. I never saw the man again, and Rob moved to Queens because his dad opened a bakery in the Bronx and wanted a closer commute. Since then, I never went to that house, and I have no reason to. I wonder what the people who bought it would have to say, though. Next story. I live in a tiny old Chinese village house. As I write this now, I just heard what sounded like a dresser drawer opening upstairs, except no one is up there. The dogs also just opened their eyes. I find the top drawer open a lot. Usually what happens is my living room lights flicker and dim often. Friends have seen it too. But my bulbs have never burned out and have lived here for two years. And the flickering started when I moved in. But what I hate and scares me the most is when my TV or either of my two stereo turns up full blast and I have loud speakers. Suddenly, I go to turn it down and it goes right back up again. Also, my DVD player plays whatever it wants, whenever it wants, even if it's a brand new disc. The Pioneer repairman came and every single disc he put in worked. He opened the machine up and stated it was fine. When I lived in Los Angeles back in 1992, I had the same stereo problem with a different stereo. And also the TV channels would change while I would watch the programs. The dishwasher sometimes started on its own. And the weirdest thing was when the sofa and its big pillows that you sit on were completely rearranged and stood vertically. That time I had some ghost people come and they used a Ouija board to contact it. It's a long story, but basically they said it was an old Chinese master from Hong Kong, and more specifically from the area of Sai Kung, where I live now. Its name is Dong Wei. It is a good spirit, and they said it will protect me. Now I moved here coincidentally. I had no intentions of moving to Hong Kong when I lived in Los Angeles back in 1992. I wonder if this is Dong Wei, and he's the one turning up the sounds. Next story. I've heard all the stories about Pinewoods, the Forest Park Cemetery. I've been there a couple of times in the past. I've had many weird encounters there, but not like this one. Myself and six other people decided to pay a visit on a Saturday night. We parked down the road and headed towards the country club. We were all very scared, but still wanted to go in. It was me, my younger brother, Adam, his friend, Troy, my fiancé, Candy, and all our friends, Melissa, Nicole, and Jay. As we entered the cemetery, we heard many weird sounds. They kind of sounded like voices. I had the flashlight, so we ventured towards the mausoleum and stopped in front of it. We heard some movement in front of us. I started searching the trees around, 
with a flashlight, a tree next to my friend Jay started to crack as if something was climbing it, but nothing was there. We stood there too scared to go on for about three minutes. Finally, my friend Jay said, Okay, who here is going to go and keep walking? And then he started walking towards the path that led to the headless statues. My crazy brother followed him and his friend Troy followed too. Then we heard a sound from the mausoleum. The three came back to where the rest of us were standing. It sounded like something was walking towards us, but I couldn't see anything. Jay came up to me and said, Whatever is coming towards us is right there in those trees. We all had a feeling that something was right there. Then Nicole points at my face and said to Candy to look at it. Candy saw it and said, Oh my God. I got scared because I thought they were pointing to something behind me. I said, what is it? The rest all looked at my face and started freaking out. They all shouted that my face was bleeding. As soon as they said that, I felt my face kind of burn. I started running towards the road and they all followed screaming. I got to the car and it felt as if I had to throw up. They all shone their flashlight on my face and started freaking out. We jumped into the car and peeled out. I looked at my face in the mirror and saw two gashes on my left cheek. Blood was dripping down to my neck. A few hours and a few beers later, we went back, but this time with two more people. They saw the scratches on my face and were skeptical, but they knew that the way we walked in there, there were no trees or branches that could have done that. Even inside, trees aren't low enough unless you go towards the back. We walked closer this time. I didn't want to hold a flashlight because I thought that was why I got attacked. I put my hood up too. We walked closer to the mausoleum this time and we all started to hear strange noises. Dennis, the one with the flashlight, saw eyes up ahead and so did my brother. Dennis pointed them out. We weren't in there for even five minutes when another one of the guys looked at my face and said, Let's go back to the road now. He said this very calmly. Everyone looked at my face again and started freaking out, so I took off. I wanted to punch Troy because I thought he was messing with me, but as soon as we got to the road, the flashlight was put on my face again, and there were five scratches on my right cheek this time. Two of the scratches were in the shape of an X. I was at the breaking point of crying when we started back towards the car. On the way back to drop my friends off, Troy said that he was watching my face the whole time. He said all he saw was the blood that started to form on my face. He didn't see anything make the scratches, and again, I felt nothing. We dropped my friends off in Lanesburg, and me and Candy and all the others drove back to Clifton Park. The whole way home, the lights inside the car were going on and off, over and over again. I said out loud, I'm sorry we went there and I bothered you, can you please leave us alone? Lights then stayed on, and I couldn't get them off. Finally, they turned off when we got home. The scratches on my face today look very clean and straight, but they're still very noticeable. Everyone asks me what happened, and I just tell them I got into a fight. No one would believe my story if I told them, but I have eight other witnesses, two of which just met that night when we were back the second time. Forest Park Cemetery is freaky and messed up. 
This was the third time that I had been scratched up by something unseen. The first time was at a friend's house years ago when I felt a hand go down my back. When I pulled my shirt up, there were four claw marks going down my back. The second was a few years ago when I went to Pinewoods during the day. They were all over my body, but I didn't feel them. The last time was the worst because it was on my face and they actually bled. And someone actually saw them just appear on my face. Why does this happen to me? Next story. The year was 1975 and it all started when I was about 10 years old. We had just moved into a house that was built in 1910 and had its share of strange encounters. The people that had lived there before were a middle-aged couple. The man had gone crazy and killed his wife. He was then committed to a state-run hospital. I don't know the name of the hospital, but like I said, I was about 10 years old and didn't ask the neighbors what the name was. We moved into the house, and by the time we were done on move-in day, it was late and my bedtime, so I went to bed. I was lying in bed and had my clothes next to the bed in a large black plastic bag. I lay there and all of a sudden something hit both the bags at the same time. I called to my mom and told her that we had rats because something had jumped on the bags. When whatever hit the bags, I was looking in that direction but hadn't seen anything. It didn't dawn on me that it could be ghosts. My mother said, no, we don't have rats. Go to sleep. And that is what I did. A couple of days passed. And that night, the water in the bathroom connecting my room to my mother's room came on in the middle of the night. So I got up and turned it off. The next morning, I asked my mom why she left the water running in the bathroom. She said she hadn't, but maybe Bobby had. Bobby was her husband. He drank a lot and sometimes passed out from drinking too much. After that night, we had a few things happen like lights going off and on. Mom's excuse, I shortened the wire that got to the light. I sometimes had to go into the basement where there was one light, a bulb hanging from the ceiling, and three rooms with no light. Not a great feeling when you went down there. I always got goosebumps and had a feeling of someone looking at me. Well, things with Mom and Bobby's relationship were not good at all, and we had to leave because of it. After we left that house, my mom told me that she had often heard someone calling her name from the basement when she was there alone. I had never heard anyone speaking, or if I did, I thought it was mom and Bobby. I never thought that there were ghosts hitting my trash bags with clothes in it until years later. We never found any rats, mice, or rodents in that house. The neighbors would say before we moved in that the house they used to hear noises coming from And it sounded like people walking on the front porch and people in the backyard. It was weird. I'll never forget that house, mainly because of the way I felt there. Or the way the house made me feel. Mm 